Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And this month marks a very special anniversary for DC on film. And that is the 30th anniversary of Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. This film was originally released July 24th, 1987, and it has quite the reputation. <laughs> uh, maybe not a good reputation, but it does certainly have a reputation. Well, yeah, I didn't I didn't say whether it was good or bad. Um, so, yeah, the fourth film in the Christopher Reeve, fourth and final film in the Christopher Reeve uh, quadrilogy. Yeah, let's call it that. Um, and it is the film that killed Superman on screen or on the in the movie theaters for 19 years until Superman returns. Um, yeah, uh, so we are going to get into it. Uh, what do you think of this film, Zach? So it it obviously has the reputation of being the worst Superman film, which I, I don't think I can disagree with that. Um, but some people have also placed it in the category of worst movies ever, worst sequels ever. And it's honestly, it's bad, but it's not as bad as I th- thought it was going to be because I had heard from some, it's just like, you know, it's an easy joke to make about how bad this movie is. And certainly there's a lot of bad stuff in this film, but it's honestly not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And if you know some of the backstory of just like, you know, the cuts they had to make. And I think, yeah, they deleted like 45 minutes of the film. And you can kind of sense that towards the end where it rushes a bunch. Um, there's an, a better movie than that is there, I think, hiding somewhere um, is the way I would put it. So it's a bad film, but it's not necessarily absolutely terrible. I've seen lots of films that are worse than this. Yeah, it's not a good film. Uh, and it's, obvi- it's, it's the worst live action Superman film. Uh, without question but it's also the cheapest and and quite obviously the cheapest looking and we will get into um i think it's actually i think there's actually some good ideas in there it's interesting um this came out around the same time like right in the middle of Watchmen being released yeah and this is not this film is not Watchmen. i'm not saying that but there are some similar ideal ideas there between what superman's going through and what um dr manhattan go through in Watchmen, but it's obviously not executed very well and it's not very well made. Uh, there are some really cool ideas and there are some, it's not without its charms. You know, I wouldn't put this on the level of Catwoman, for yeah. example, because Catwoman, there's, I mean, there's basically nothing redeemable about that film. If you're a fan of the Catwoman character, where this, if you're a fan of Superman, there's at least some Superman stuff in there. Basically, you know, Christopher Reeve is good, and that's the the most important part of this film. But uh, yeah, there's 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 also some horrible, absolutely horrible stuff in this. Um, yeah, without question. Yeah, Christopher Reeve really is obviously the best part of this film. And prior to this, and since this, I still think there has never been a better Clark Kent than Christopher Reeve, and he's he's pretty Clark Kenty a lot of times in this film. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big. I'm not. I pref, I don't prefer the bumbling sort of version of Clark Kent. Right. Uh, I think it works in small doses. And but for what Christopher Reeve was asked, asked to do, he he crushes it. He nails it. Like he's. I mean, he's still Superman in this in this movie. And it's just like it's almost if you put Christopher Reeve in a pretty decent cast 
for the most part, still like most of the main cast from the first film. If you just take that them and put them in like an eighties B movie. Yeah. That is just really cheaply made, uh, almost like a, an overpriced fan film, something like that. That's basically what this is. Yeah. So it was made for 17 million and it was after Superman three, essentially the Sulkins who were responsible largely for bringing Superman to the screen with Superman 78 had sold the rights after the third, third Superman film, figuring there was nothing left into Canon films who you probably haven't heard much about Canon films. And, um, they, uh, they made this for 17 million in 1987, even though the first Superman film in 1978 was made for 55 million. And it shows it, it's nine years later, but it does not look anywhere near as good. And there's very cheap and reused special effects throughout. Oh yeah. And it's, it's hard to, cause they try to do some cool stuff and you can just very obviously tell that they don't have the budget to do it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool ideas that would have looked amazing with a bigger budget. Like when he cuts off part of a mountain and throws it into the top of a volcano. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad looking, but it could have looked really cool if they had the budget. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then this is more a story problem, but like Superman's made up powers. First off, part of like, I think the idea for the story is good. And part of it was Christopher Reeves. Um, Christopher Reeve received a yeah. story credit on this, uh, in terms of dealing with nuclear everything. But, uh, there's a lot of the when you go beat by beat on this a lot of it is just reused from the first three superman films especially superman one like oh i like that time lex uh made that weird noise and he can only talk to superman let's yeah. do that again um I, I like that time lois and clark uh flew around right <laughs> and then superman just kissed her and erased her memory that was really cool let's do that again and just force it in in like a two minute segment so that's really bad. And they also make up Superman's powers of rebuilding things with his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they just kind of throw that in there. Um, that's obviously not great. But yeah, so this film looks much worse. And, and it, it sort of shows the first the first Superman film made $300 million at the box office. This one made 36.7. And it sort, yeah. of, sort of ran the franchise into the ground for a while there. Yeah. And... One of the things too, it's hard to separate this from it. Be, I I was born after the '80s, and so the '80s aesthetic just does not appeal to me in any way. And there's so much of this in this film. It looks like a, a hair metal band's extended music video, basically, a lot of times. And so that is not good. Um, yeah, it's very much an '80s film, yeah. and sometimes kind of good in fun ways, but mostly it's just really cliched '80s stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Lenny a little bit later, yep. and he's he's pretty much a walking '80s cliche. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like we said before too, though they had up to they had like 45 minutes of extra footage that ended up getting deleted, including there was a different version of Nuclear Man before the one that we see in the film, and I was just wondering like how that would have changed the story because it at least to me it seems like the last third of the movie is just so rushed because they're just like okay we're running out of money we need to wrap up this film or let's just yeah. get this movie over with and it ends up only running for like 88 minutes which is like you know shorter than a disney animation film basically yeah it's um yeah there was a first nuclear man apparently that didn't do well with test audiences so they they cut this off but i'm i'm sure this didn't couldn't have done much better uh yeah. this version couldn't have done much better with test audiences 
I'm, yeah, uh, as much as I'm saying that maybe the, there was better movie hidden in that 45 minutes, if this film had been 45 minutes longer, I'd probably be complaining about how long it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's a good point. And I think it, it only could have been better if um, with a bigger budget and with maybe the return of Richard Donner to direct the film. Uh, yeah. I don't think, you know, I just, we talked about the cheapness of it. There's also some lazy stuff in it too that's 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 the real frustrating part it's like they had christopher reeve for an hour one time to film (laughs) all of his flying scenes and that's it that's all that's all they could do with him yeah uh so we'll we'll just run down real quick the basic plot of what happens in this film and if you have if you have anything you want to talk about tom just break in (laughs) yeah in case you forgot or sort of block this out of your mind here's what happens yeah so the u.s and soviet union or maybe sort of about to have nuclear war. This is during the Cold War. So this is, uh, let me say it again, nuclear. That's 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 how you have to say it in this film. Uh, uh, Gene Hackman. <laughs> uh, Superman is convinced by a letter from a kid that this is bad. Way to go, kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Superman wasn't sure before, but after this, this kid wrote him the letter, he realized that nuclear bombs were not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the UN, convinces everyone to launch their nukes into space, into his giant net that I don't know where he got it from, but he has a giant net and he'll throw them all into the sun. <laughs> I don't, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not unreasonable. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to get into any science into yeah. this, this, like there's a, you know, Lex creates nuclear man from essentially what looks like a second grade kit science kit like oh here's a test tube okay let's make nuclear man right uh so yeah they do that using uh some hair that they stole of superman's attach it to the yeah it can hold up what was it ten thousand pounds but it can't survive bolt cutters nope and i don't know what kind of security they have that museum they just kind of just wait for the the tour group to walk by and then smash it the window with it yeah whatever uh so but they attach it to a u.s rocket and shoot it off which doesn't make sense because everybody's already shot off their rockets why is this one left superman's just hanging out uh whatever the hair though turns into nuclear man and he has to fight superman because he's created by lex and lex wants him to kill superman Uh, but he has radiation powers and so when he scratches superman just nasty nails. Yeah, that keep growing and shining. Um, he scratches Superman, gets radiation poisoning. Superman heals himself with the Kryptonian energy module that we saw at the beginning of the film that his parents left for him. And he goes and finds at the, the Kent farm, which I don't know. He It was it was kind of weird to see, see him like with his hair falling out and looking like an old man. And then we don't actually yeah. see, we just see him like go pick it up. We don't actually see the process of him healing. He's just fine after that. Right. And yeah, I think there was, this is one of the things that maybe could have been cooler in a different film, seeing as a six Superman where and all that. And he was also dealing with, they don't show it at the, at the beginning when he's trying to sell his, the Kent farm in Smallville. Uh, but obviously his parents are gone. Yeah. They don't really, they don't really touch on that, but there's some serious, and interesting ideas here and sort of the philosophical debates about Superman, which I like getting into, but this is, it's just poorly executed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the, this is where the film for me seems to just start rushing it too much because so Superman's out of the picture kind of, and 
nuclear man decides that he has a crush on this girl and needs to kidnap her. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Daily Planet <laughs> subplot. That right. was very important where, you know, big businessman comes in and buys the Daily Planet and then his daughter uh, tries. There's, oh my gosh, there's a double date oh, between yeah. <laughs> Lois and Superman and Clark and what is her name? Lacey. Lacey, yeah. That was um, actually, for me, that was one of the more fun parts of that film. Lacey Warfield. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, it was, it sounds terrible, but there is some cool Christopher Reeve moments in there where he gets to uh, be awesome. Yeah. So anyways, Nuclear Man's trying to abduct her for some reason. He just saw a picture of her and likes her a lot. And I don't think they ever, did they like ever explain that or tell it to anybody? Because Superman just shows up and he seems to just know what is going on and says, no, you can't have her. I don't think anybody has told her who she is or why he's there. doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but they, they fight. Uh, he puts him in an elevator, puts him on the side of the moon because, oh, I didn't mention if Nuclear Man needs sunlight to have power. If he doesn't have sunlight, can't do anything. But he escapes and they fight again and he pounds Superman into the moon like a nail, which the the fake moon and sort of having gravity, not gravity. Again, a cool idea to fight on the moon. Not sure that it was done quite to the highest standards in this film. Right. Um yeah, and that was a whole cool idea for Superman to throw him in the elevator and then yeah. just drop him on the moon. But I like at the end how he just sort of slaps his hand together. Well, that's it. There's yeah. no way there's a crack in the elevator that will let sunlight in. They just yeah. Um, and yeah, not the best fight scenes. No. Uh, so Superman moves the moon to create an eclipse. Now the nuclear man's back out. And so he can be defeated because there's no sunlight when there's an eclipse. And he throws him into a nuclear power plant, which turns all the lights in the city on um and then so he's gone he's out of the picture perry white gets the daily planet back so everybody's happy again and superman catches lenny and lex puts lenny in a place where they help troubled young boys <laughs> and puts lex back on the chain game and that's right the where they belong <laughs> right yeah and that was the last superman was seen in a movie theater for 19 years yeah so um yeah that's what happens in the film uh, obviously uh, there's, there's a lot we could talk about that is bad about this. We, I didn't really talk about Lenny, but I think I know what they were going for. It didn't work for me. He was not funny. He was just very grating and just a cliche basically. Yeah. He was, he was an eighties cliche and I think he was probably done to try to, you know, help kids connect with the Superman story. But, um, yeah, John, not John Cryer's best performance. Yeah. And then there's just some of the like you said, maybe laziness of reusing stuff like Superman flying Lois around. Um, yeah. And then the credits at the beginning are super long. The super long intro, which on a, a pretty short movie actually ends up making a pretty big percentage of the film. <laughs> right. It just feels like padding. And the in the original Superman, the movie had even longer credits. I think like that was close to five minutes. Um, but that sort of set the stage for... First off, it was more common in that time, and it was sort of set the stage for an epic movie that ended up being over, I think it was two hours, 23 minutes, right around yeah. two hours, 21, something like that. And so it sort of set the stage for this big epic film, whereas here it just feels like they're just trying to do that again to sort of pad the running time. Yeah. And we, we've already harped on the budget and effects, but so that obviously kind of takes you out of the film a lot of times when it looks so bad. Yeah. 
even even judging by 80s film standards right viewed today it's bad right i mean this is like post star wars and star wars well like even the first star wars or even like you said even the first superman 10 years almost 10 years before this had better effects yeah absolutely uh and then some of just the inconsistencies like lacy gets taken out into outer space and she's fine like yeah, i yeah. know you're you're supposed to suspend your disbelief but like that's that's a little hard yeah i don't think they had anybody in the scientific field <laughs> take a glance at the script so uh, uh yeah yeah and then for me again the ending just felt really rushed like they just kind of wanted to get this thing done and out with yeah and it's sort of a, a bummer one thing that bothers me was the use of an original nuclear man villain which apparently the first nuclear man was more bizarro like and i think i kind of wish they had done that although in superman 3 they sort of had a version of bizarro yeah um but i would have liked to see have seen you know even if it was a bad version of whatever character at least it would have been a live action version of the character um but oh well yeah exactly uh so but let's not end on a low note let's end on some of the parts that maybe we thought redeemed this film or were good uh we've both touched on christopher reeve obviously is a great superman and a great clark kent i think he again in the dumpster fire that is maybe this film he he definitely was on the top of that dumpster giving it a pretty good performance (laughs) (laughs) that's one way to put it uh yeah it's kind of sad that this is his last this was his last you know time as superman like this is how it went out you know there were talks afterwards about being a superman 5 that just never happened before he you know his injury and then you know passing away and some interesting superman 5 scripts with um brainiac and other things like that 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 would have been really interesting but unfortunately this is the one he went out on but he still does a great job with what he's asked to do in this yeah for sure uh and something that actually did make me laugh out loud there was some funny there were some funny moments in this like the double date and the working out scene i thought was pretty good especially because it was so 80s like over the top 80s <laughs> oh yeah that whole workout scene yeah and i think it was um this still does have if there's one thing it does well it still does have the ch- some of the charm and the tone and feel and style of the of like the first two superman films where you still sort of you know the cool superman moments with him like that workout scene which is ridiculous and the double date uh and things like that um those are cool to see yeah. And there was one kind of throwaway line that did actually make me laugh where, um, uh, what's his face? The guy who bought the newspaper is Mr. Warfield. Yeah. Mr. Warfield. He's, he's talking to the reporters about their expenses and canceling their air travel. And then he just says, why are there no air travel expenses for you, Mr. <laughs> Kent? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of the fun kind of humor that you like to see in a Superman film. Yeah. Uh, and there was actually one special effect that I noted in this film that looked somewhat cool. And it's towards the end of the movie when uh, when Superman's going to put a nuclear man in an elevator and he like goes to the roof and he just flies through all the floors of the building. And I would love to see that redone like with good special effects because it, it does look pretty cool with the camera yeah, like it, on the outside of the building and him going out up through the floors. Yeah, that was one of the shots that I was expecting to be terrible, but it was it, it's okay. Um, like I wouldn't want to, yeah, it would definitely need to be modernized if it was done today, but that's still for 80s standards that works. Yeah. And it's, it's just a really cool way to show the power of the character. Right. And then for me, the film actually did end on a pretty good note, uh, with Superman's speech at the end. 
And he says, there will be peace. There will be peace when the people of this world want it so badly that their governments will have no choice but to give it to them. And that's basically just a rewording of actually a famous quote from Dwight D. Eisenhower. It says, I think that people want peace so much that one of these days governments had better get out of the way and let them have it. Um, and then he also said, I just wish you could all see the earth the way I see it, because when you really look at it, it's just one world. And that kind of describes something called the overview effect, which is an interesting thing. If, you, if you're if you like me and you're into space travel, it's a like a psychological phenomenon with astronauts, cosmonauts who have been out in space and have seen the earth from there. And they kind of see how thin the atmosphere is and how small the world sort of seems from up there. They tend to come back and say, well, maybe some of the Maybe the political ideas I had or, you know, hostilities I had against some of other countries seem kind of stupid when I see the whole world. And as dumb as this film is, it does have <laughs> it does have a really good premise of trying to bring about world peace, especially when this film was coming out. You know, the the Cold War had been going on for a long time and tensions were still pretty high with the Soviet Union. And so I think what they were trying to do was actually kind of noble. And um, like you said, I think Christopher Reeve had definitely had his fingerprints in this story and this idea of trying to bring about world peace with superman yeah again it's it's a really cool in a different film this i think this would hit home a lot more and be a lot more meaningful and it's it's a cool it's a cool thing that they're going for it's it sort of gets undermined by uh, the rest of the film and everything but i like that it 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 at least tries to be about something the film at least tries to be about something even though um, we really question the impact of, that, that it obviously had. All right. Well, I, I think definitely not the, the best film ever. Um, not someone, something you would recommend to someone as their first Superman film or anything like that. Uh, there are some redeeming moments, but obviously not, not the best film ever. Yeah. There's definitely some other DC films I would tell people to get started with. Uh, but you should <laughs> you should still watch this one eventually. <laughs> Event if you if you're already a fan and nothing will change that. We don't want anybody to hate Superman because of this film. But no, um, yeah. So that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and dcdailydrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.